Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a fabulous guest joining us today. Uh, We're excited to share her with you. We have the director, Chloe Treat, who recently directed uh, two one-act shows at the Glimmerglass Festival. These two shows, Holy Ground and Taking Up Serpents, uh, are fascinating they are riveting. You are going to want to hear all about it. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get to see a production of them soon. But in the meantime, we are honored to be joined by the director, as I said. So, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you here on Whisper in the Wings. Thank you so much for having me. So, sadly, the show obviously has closed for now. I'm going to say for now, because here's hoping that it's opening again. But um, it was exciting to read about it and hear about it through a few friends. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about the shows, whichever one you want to talk about or, you know, both. Yeah, of them. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about both. So um, I got to direct the double bill at Glimmerglass, which as the name implies is, you know, two, you come for one evening and you get two shows. Uh, so the first act was, a new opera called Taking Up Serpents by Kamala Sankaram and Jerry Dye. Um, and that is a piece about a young woman named um, Kayla who comes from a traumatic church home upbringing. She's left it, um, but is still finding herself kind of wrestling with her faith and being called to God, but like needing to redefine that um, from how she was taught it. Uh, and, and so it's kind of a, a healing story, a return home story, um, and a story of uh, a woman redefining what God is, what spirituality is, what the divine is for herself. That was act one. And then act two um, is a world premiere called Holy Ground by Lila Palmer and Damian Jeter. Um, and that story imagines a world where um, for many, many years, the archangels have been trying to find a woman who would bear the Messiah. And because motherhood is really hard, everyone keeps turning them down. Um, And it is this kind of divine comedy that wrestles with the question of the burden of motherhood and and the joy of motherhood and um, really looks at uh, this it examines the archetype of Mary, the mother of God through this lens of what is the job of motherhood. Um, And that was a really cool experience because I have a two-year-old, which I keep saying I just had a child, I guess at this point, that's not (laughs) true. Um, But I have a two-year-old Lila Palmer, the librettist, um, as I think of probably at this point, a six-month-old. And also then our maestra has two young children. So it's really unusual to be working in a, in a professional setting where there are kind of so many young mothers working with you. And it was this really beautiful experience to be working on this piece that grappled with motherhood um, alongside collaborators who are also young mothers. So those were the two pieces. That was a long answer. No, no, I loved it. I, I think that's, that's fantastic. And I love that that personal tie uh, regarding, you know, young mothers doing a show about motherhood exists there. I think that it probably, uh, I would imagine made the show that much more impactful 
you know, just those little, I, 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 we've talked about on the, on our show, Stage Whisper, the devil's in the details. There's just those little things that really make that show a little bit more real or a little bit more believable. And I think with all of you being such young mothers, able to go, well, you know, actually, hold on, you need to add this, you know, this and this and this. And all of a sudden your audience might be able to like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, kind of thing. I mean, I think as a director, it's always my job to find what feels very personal to me in a story, right? But sometimes that is going to be work. Sometimes I'm going to have to really dig <laughs> and build about what my my in to a piece is. Um, and it's always really joyous when you get to work on something. And truly, in, in, in my case, both of these pieces had elements that were just radically personal to me and it's um always exciting when you get to dig into that kind of work yeah how did you come upon these shows Mm, it's one of those those theater stories right where it's like that person you met that then you met that person and then you met that person um (laughs) so probably the shortest version of the story is that I was um I was trying to remember <laughs> I somehow know this opera company um newcomer out of opera and co um and I actually don't remember who put me in touch with them but somehow I know them I'm actually directing um three Puccini operas for them this spring um and they had commissioned a new operatic film called Julie this happened in 2019 um and they had hired this kind of up and coming librettist Lila Palmer to write uh, to write this Peter Julie. So we met working on this NCO opera film that kind of, it like filmed in January, right before the shutdown happened. It was like one of the last things that got out before all of my shows got canceled. Um, and then, you know, I didn't really hear from her or about it uh, for quite some time. And then this past fall, I got a call um, from Francesca Zambello, who's the was the artistic director of Glimmerglass. This was her final season, um, being like, can you talk tomorrow? And I was like, sure. <laughs> um, you know, and we hadn't met. Um, and basically come to learn that they'd commissioned this piece by Lila. Lila recommended me. Um, we had a lot of other contacts together and, and that's how I ended up working on that piece. Anytime young um, people in general ask like, what are the, what are the paths, right? How do, how do you get jobs? It's like, it's just being in rooms and meeting people Mm -hmm. and and it's never gonna unfold in the same way twice it's like all I watch it happen with so many people right it's like yep the connection you had at a party with this person that two years later turns into this yep that meets you know so it's just one of those it's one of those that I had the hardest time like explaining to my family when they're like, have you just gone out and handed out your resume? I'm like, it, it doesn't exactly work um, that way. It's a lot about who you know. That's why I have to keep doing X, Y, and Z. You have to keep schmoozing and boozing and that because you just never know who you're going to meet. And the other thing to take away as well is, you know, we have a lot of young listeners in the theater. Don't <laughs> burn bridges because you never, the world is a small place and you never know who you know who knows so-and-so, who knows so-and-so. And 
it is an insanely, insanely small world in, in, in our community, you know? So it, it's a good and a bad thing, but usually it tends to be a good thing where people are like, oh yeah, I know so-and-so, you should definitely, you know, hit them up if you ever need a director or a writer or something and bibbity bobbity boop you end up doing. For sure. Whatever. For sure. And look, I think, you know, there are of course legacy people who, you know, come into this industry already because of family or whatever, knowing all the people. But if you're not one of those people, I think sometimes the path can seem so (laughs) winding and heinous. (laughs) um, But it does happen. It just takes a really long time. And it is this like, I'm bad about acknowledging this. So I'm I'm really just preaching to my own choir right now. But, (laughs) you know, it's such a slow burn and it really is the thing where you plant, you're constantly planting seeds that you don't know when or how they will be harvested. And it's like about that faith that you just keep planting seeds. And then it starts to grow and you're like, oh, I, okay. That's like not what I thought I planted, right? Yeah. Like- <laughs> well, what sure. was it like developing the show? Um, you know, so it's, it's, interesting coming from someone who mostly does musical theater where you know I can name many examples of shows I've worked on I'm sure your listeners know this and and you know the same right where a musical would never make it to Broadway without four workshops and four 29-hour readings and then two out-of-town shows right the the process is so so long and winding um and opera is very different um and the 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 wild thing about this incident in particular was like we really it it did not have the same workshop time that in musical theater land we are used to um so uh it was commissioned written um orchestrated and produced all inside of a year Um, And I think that that too is unusual and was kind of like a remnant of some of the COVID scheduling funkiness, right? Um, But it was this really beautiful opportunity. Look, like workshopping is great, right? Um, And and really important. And also there's there's often a thing in theater where it's like, dude, I don't need another <laughs> reading. I need a production, right? Like there's <laughs> some things that you can't learn without getting to do the medium as it's meant to be done. Um, and so there was something really thrilling about it going from seed to production on this really expedited timeline. That's awesome. And I, yeah, at some point you do have to just put it on its feet, just take the training wheels off and yeah. push it out there. I, oh, um, What is the message you're hoping the audiences take away from the show? It's, it's a good, it's a good question. Well, um, so specifically with Holy Ground, one of the things that ended up feeling really poignant um specifically this summer is that the piece really deals with the fact that um in the christian faith in the christian uh um 
tradition, which I will say I'm not an expert about. And so <laughs> I'm not going to like quote versus you, but um, there is there is a word that means Mary's choice. And like the fact that Mary got to, that Mary was approached by, by Gabriel and given the choice to become a mother, it was not forced on her and the importance of choice inside of motherhood um, felt like a really heavy thing to be thinking about this summer. Um, And I think that the show is really beautiful because it doesn't really, it doesn't make like a strong statement on side of that. It just kind of like places it before the viewer. Um, and uh, I hope that with Holy Ground in particular, um, yeah, people just, I hope that people meditate on what, what we ask of people when we ask them to become mothers. Um, and I think the show in a really authentic way, um, depicts the absolute holiness and joy and beauty of that experience. And also tangles with the fact that you risk your life in order to create that new one. And that that is, um, a profound ask to make of a person. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the holy ground experience that, um, that I hope people walked away with. Um, but then the, the night as a whole, the, the kind of theme that it was given was, or what tied the two pieces together was the word faith, um, which can obviously mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that we live, at least in New York and in the theater community, um, we often live in a, a world that is not very religious and, and that, um, you know, has many forms of church and ritual and, and spirituality, but but it's not kind of God the way that maybe we would typically think about it. And I think what was so beautiful about both of these pieces um, and one of the lines from taking up serpents that I keep returning to is this idea of being tethered to the mystery. That's, that's a line that Kayla uses about her relationship to God, that she, she feels tethered to the mystery that she knows that there are things that she doesn't know. Um, And you know, the, the uh, James Webb pictures from space came out the summer while we were rehearsing the show. And I, okay. I just like tethered to the mystery. I, I had, I felt such joy getting to spend my summer immersed in these stories that really kind of put into perspective how small we are and how much we don't know. Um, and that line will definitely be something I move forward in my life with. Um, that really inspired a lot of the design of the show as well. Uh, and I hope that's something people take away of finding joy or awe or comfort in how much we don't know. That's beautiful. And 
I love that. And I love that you mentioned the James Webb telescope as well. Because <laughs> seriously, that those images, I, whether you're a scientist or not, they, you, you can't help but be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. So, yeah. oh. But I, yeah, no, I, I really love that, that answer. And I, I think that's absolutely beautiful. So I want to kind of connect that to my final question on this portion of uh, the interview, which is uh, who do you hope have, or who did you hope have access to the show? It's a really beautiful question. I, you know, I think uh, when I talked about the pieces um, at, with different people and and just to kind of contextualize that you know the the board had a we had a gathering where I talked to a crowd that I would say was probably more conservative religious older and then I also did a talk about both pieces to the group of um like crew interns at Glimmerglass I would say were generally younger more liberal right and um I think so often when you're dealing with religion, because it is, you know, that is, that is a, it's a hot topic, no matter which side of it you sit on. And um, I think when I spoke to people who were aligned with the beliefs that were being um, examined in the shows, they were like, are, is this going to be offensive? Right? Like there was a, there was a concern that it was going to be too critical. And then with the other um, with people who don't identify as Christian or religious, there was a like, why should I care? Why should I come? And um, I, I think that we told a story that really beautifully both of those audience members can sit in and feel respected and seen. Um, and to me, to me, that's the point in general, but especially with these shows. Um, Lila talks about a, a term. Um, so, so for Holy Ground, there was a book that inspired Lila called uh, Art and Faith. And I am not going to be able to pull the author's name out of my brain right now, but we can look it up. Um, and, and he talks about this idea called culture care, which is that it's kind of the opposite of, of cancel culture or um, um, culture wars. And it's the idea that as artists, one of the things that we need to do is culture care and, and try to put things in the world that help build bridges and show where we are aligned and not always highlight where we are different. Both things can be true, of course, um, but that there are a lot of places where we're aligned. And I, I hope that I hope that these shows did that and just like pushed open perspective a little bit more to see um, alignment. Yeah, I like that. And just for our peace of mind, I think you referred to Art and Faith um, by Mikado Fujimura. That's correct. Yeah. Perfect. God bless Google. <laughs> Now, as we talked about before the show, uh, when we told you about our show, um, we not only break down 
um, you know, shows that we've seen or, or talk about shows and kind of do the bare bones thing, but we also talk about personal experiences in the theater. Um, so I'd like to shift gears here for a minute and kind of talk to you about your own personal experience in the theater. Um, and I want to start by asking you what shows in the past have inspired you or that maybe you love, and I'll broaden it as well to composers or playwrights. Mm, Just start okay. with the big bang. Uh, well, I have like my, yeah, I, like I have my go-tos, right? So let's just get them out of the way. Like Lemay's <laughs> as a child growing up in suburban Texas, I learned and still know every word. And I, um, I would like sit in class and write all of the lyrics of Limit. Like why? I don't know. But that's what I did. So that's one of my like important OG shows. Um, my grandfather was actually a director at like a Texas high school, but still. And he really introduced me to the canon, like this, whenever any Rodgers and Hammerstein or like the music man or my fair lady or um, yeah, I don't know, kind of that grouping of golden age musicals. That's like my grandfather and my home. And um, so those will always be really special to me. Um, and then in my kind of, I've moved to New York, life what has shaped me um david cromer's our town uh mm -hmm. which at this point is old but is just like one that you have to talk about um at barrow mm -hmm. street was so amazing um one that i ended up working on so then i so i feel like i can't talk about it but it's still true is natasha pierre and the great comet of 1812 um mm -hmm. i saw it when it was at the tent and i was it just like changed it it opened my brain about what theater can be. And then I got to work on it um, when it went to Boston and Broadway. So then I was like, can that still be on my list? But it just is. Um, I met my husband on that show. It, it will always be a really important show to me. Um, Here Lies Love also feels like in that kind of freshly a professional theater maker, um, like imprinted in my DNA. Um, uh, um, oh, fuck, I can't think of, wait, hold Rebecca Tashman's Indecent, Fans um, yeah. Visit, now I'm just naming things I've loved, I just saw Strange Loop, which was great, um, that's kind of a, a smattering. <laughs> we'll take the smorgasbord, we'll take yeah. it all. Yeah. Um, I love that you met your husband on 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 the Great Comet, um, and it's absolutely okay to name that. That was a wild show to see. Um, if you ask me what it's about, I probably would give you a vague description, but it's still I can I I do remember pretty much every bit of that evening because it wasn't so much a show as it was an experience. Um, having gone to the Imperial Theater so many times. I still remember walking in and being like, "What have they done?" and then being like. What have they done? Ooh, yes. like this is okay. Little table lights and just it was, it was incredible. So that's amazing that you were a part of that. I, I want to have you back now and just be like, let me pick your brain some more about this. It's <laughs> coming up, and, you know. So that's amazing. Um, now you you've you listed a few recent shows, um, and that was gonna lead to my next question, which is have you seen any great theater that you would recommend to our listeners? Look, I saw that question on my my pre-question sheet, and I'm so <laughs> embarrassed to say that my theater going has been really 
embarrassingly lax um, in the last two years. Um, I'm, I'm sure this is not just a me experience, uh, but you know, COVID happened and my family left town for eight months and we've we've been back in the city, but like very sporadically. Um, and so my truth is that outside of the shows I'm working on, I've just had really limited um, other theater going experiences. That said, I saw Strange Loop, which blew my brain. I loved. I saw the most recent company, which was great. I'm trying to think what else. I feel like there's so much stuff that's coming in that I'm really excited about seeing. The fall um, is intense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but my my kind of embarrassing answer, though maybe it's more standard than I think, is um, that I just, my, my like theater going habit has not returned to its pre-pandemic place I also had a kid so that changes it you know you are among many 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 friends I'm actually the exception to the rule where I'm like I see like six shows a week because it's my job that's um, amazing that's amazing I'm very envious of you um, and I've got to get I don't got to get that makes it sound like it's a job I'm, I'm so eager to get back into it but it has just been a struggle yeah <laughs> but I mean I, I, I you 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 are not alone out there. It's there there are a lot of the people that I have on. They're like, I've been busy doing this. I'm like, I know, but maybe you had a night. That is, that is the struggle, and I wish there was a way to stagger shows schedules so that everybody could see everybody's show. Because a well, lot of the time they're like, we're dark Sunday night and Monday, but who's got a show outside of Chicago? And I'm like, no, that's that's fair. Like that's when you go get rest and you do your banking the next thing, you know. And so. It's, and it's I will say the, yeah, it's hard. The other thing is that some of the, like the thing I was dying to see, maybe you saw it was oratorio for living things. No, I did not get to see, I did not get tickets to see that. It's the I, one was, I, I was so excited. Everything I heard was just like, it's exactly my thing. I knew I was going to love it. I got a ticket. I secured a babysitter and they got shut down because of the COVID case. Yep. So, you know, that's, I, I think like, <laughs> The theater going experience has been a tricky one, yeah. um, but I'm going to get back into it in the fall. And I'm so excited. The fall is, you know, the spring is usually the bigger theater season, obviously. And so looking ahead at the fall and what's coming, I'm like, so that's where we're putting the bar. Okay. Not mad, not, not mad at all. You know, and it's not yeah. just, everyone's like looking at the, at the Broadway season with, you know, these licking their lips about it. And I'm like, okay, this is cute. This is great. Pan to the right just a little to see what's happening in the areas around Broadway, in those off-Broadway areas. Yeah. Holy cow, you know, yeah. it's, it's getting good. Yeah, um, sure. I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Oh, so many, so many parts of it. <laughs> um, look. On the one hand, it's a heinous job. <laughs> I was talking recently to my um, my like high school theater teacher who, uh, you know, it's a long story, but is the reason that I have the job today that I have the job. And I, I had this like really earnest moment um, recently of talking with him and thanking him and then being like, I guess another way to frame that is that I have you to blame for my career um, because <laughs> there was a lot of really hard things about it. How do you get health insurance? 
I move every month, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then the flip side of it is there's no business like show business. Like mm-hmm. I just love it with all my heart for so many reasons. Let's name a few. Um, <laughs> every month to six weeks, I meet 30 new, incredible, brilliant, kind, talented humans who I like spend a month making a family with. And so I have this just treasure trove of humans I've encountered on my journey who are brilliant, wonderful, talented unicorns. And that group of people is constantly growing. Who else gets to do that? Um, I get to make my living telling stories, which I think is not only really joyful, but also super important. Um, And that feels like such a blessing. Um, I get to spend my days in rooms that have music. I, I am almost exclusively a director of musicals and opera. I really like working on things that have music in them. Um, and whenever we get to like zits probe day, I have really have to pinch myself. I'm like, this is my job. I get to sit in this room and listen to like an orchestra <laughs> play, play some beautiful music. Um, the element of travel and always being in a new place is hard, um, but really cool. Um, and then, you know, I think there's just something about the community. We recently um, had a friend, also someone from Comet, who had a big um, operation that she needed done and was looking at like a, a pretty big bill and, and made a GoFundMe, which was a big GoFundMe. And like in 10 minutes, it was met, right? Because the oh. thing about being in theater is, you know, you have, you have spent meaningful time with all of these people and none of those people had a lot to give. Like we're, you know, we, we were professionally in theater, um, but everyone like gave a little bit. And, and I do feel like that is the community we belong to. And, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful one to be a part of. Oh, and hopefully she's okay. Or yeah, okay. she is. She is. Oh, so oh, great. Good. But uh, my husband and I were just watching that GoFundMe, like blow the roof off in oh. truly like five hours. And we were just like, God, for all the hard days. That makes it worth know. it. Yeah. Oh, that warms my heart. Yeah. Well, I love asking this question and that's a perfect lead into it, uh, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Oh my gosh. Ah, that's so hard. And, and <laughs> we'll see your memories. And will probably make me cry. Um, well, I, I, there's so many, but um, the one that like came to my brain first. So I'll pull that one um is that uh so I was the associate choreographer on Comet and my husband was the music director um and when we were falling in love and like at the beginning of our theater relate not of our theater relationship right of our relationship um it was both of our jobs to note the show um 
And so I would get to like sit in that beautiful imperial theater, like next to the man that I was falling in love with, who's now the father of my children. And we would be sitting watching no one else, like that incredible song and like the lights get blue and the stars (laughs) twinkle. And that was just such a pinch me moment of like, this is, this is the life that I built for myself, that my job is like sitting next to this human who also does this thing and witnessing this really spectacular art get made. Um, uh, so that was such a beautiful season that I'll, that I'll always remember, um, you know, but I think the thing about theater, which makes it such a special place to be is that you're constantly thrown into a new and different special experience. And it's hard because you're also always moving on from that and leaving it. And there's like not much constant, but um, yeah, that, that memory stands out today. I love that. (laughs) Love. And people always ask, why is it so hard when a show closes? It's like, it's, not just a show closing it's the end of yeah. the chapter in your life and yeah. so hard yeah how do we go on to the next question from here <laughs> um are there any um projects or productions that you have coming on the pipeline that we could we could t- briefly talk about or plug yeah sure so i'm i'm working on a brilliant, funny, funny new musical called Fountain of You, which Tasha Gordon Solomon wrote, which I saw she was just on your. Yes. With her recently. Yes. Just, uh, we just interviewed uh, yesterday in the, uh, the, the, the episode just aired uh, today when we're talking the 22nd. Yeah. So she has written a show um, along with her writing partner, Faye Zhao, who uh, it's called Fountain of You. And it's this like irreverent, like so funny I don't know I know musical uh, people say their musical is funny this musical is so freaking funny you don't understand about um a soap opera actress who uh upon turning 35 loses everything she has because she's so old and uh, you know don't want to spoil the ending but um there's a killing spree and um, <laughs> it's just such a great show we did a production of it in the spring out of town um and we're doing a concert at Green Room 42 on September 26th at 7 p.m. I think all of that is correct. Um, so that's Fountain of You. Um, and that's kind of like the, the, the soonest open to the public thing I have. And then I have a bunch of kind of workshoppy things. Uh, and then I'll be doing some operas with New Camerata Opera in the spring, which will be exciting. Very cool. Yeah. Wonderful. And then um, is there any, are there any plans to, to remount or do another production of um, <clears throat> Holy Ground or Taking Up Serpents in the future? Yeah. Um, I sh- certainly, though, though unclear as of this moment, um, you know, the thing that happens with opera that is not as common in musical theater is that different houses will literally like rent the set Mm -hmm. and costumes and Mm -hmm. do that production, you know? Um, So the, uh, the Glimmerglass Festival just closed. We don't have that information yet, but I, I suspect that there will be 
more opportunities. Um, Yay. Yeah, for sure. So keep a lookout for that. <laughs> Indeed. If our listeners want to get more information or reach out to you, is there a way that they can do that? Oh, yeah. I have a website. Um, what is it? It's like www.chloetreat.com, something like that. Um, and I have a little contact me situation over there. Perfect. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it has been a treat talking to you. Um, the first time talking about opera on our show, but I love it. Um, you know, with a smattering of musical theater in there as well. Um, yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today about the two shows that you directed. Again, Holy Ground and Taking Up Serp- uh, Serpents. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing those again soon. And all the best with Fountain of You which as you mentioned is being performed on September 26th at green room 42. So thanks again for joining us. It's a joy to chat about theater as always. Thanks for having me. If you would like more information about our guest, Chloe treat, uh, you can find it at www.chloetreat.com. We'll be posting all of this information in the information about this episode, as well as on our social media. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.